Force made physical, a Jedi is. Comes great responsibility with that, yes? Protect others. How does a Jedi, hmm? Build your own lightsaber, you shall. But first, harvest your crystal. Each one of you must. The heart of the lightsaber, the crystal is. Focuses the force from the Jedi, it does. Crystal cave, you must trust yourself, trust each other, and succeed. You will. What? Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 49 of Blast Points. This is Jason. Hey, it's Gabe. And so Gabe, there was, there was a lot of news last week, and there also was some Star Wars news. So Yeah, there's a little bit of both. Yeah, so let's talk about the Star Wars stuff. I think we had our first real bit of episode 9 stuff we can talk about. Nine times. Nine times. Yeah, it's not much, but it's something. <laughs> so they announced. Uh, it, we can figure out if this if this is a big deal or if it matters at all, not or not. Uh, they announced that episode nine is going to be filmed on sixty five millimeter film, which is a change from seven and eight, which are shot in thirty five millimeter. Yeah, except for well, parts of seven were filmed in. An IMAX film, though, right? So yeah. So I think maybe that's considered sixty-five millimeter. I'm not sure. Yeah, I you didn't hear anything if any parts of eight were filmed in IMAX or especially for IMAX or not. Yeah, which I would be really surprised if they weren't because that was one of the cooler things in Force Awakens. Is that whole sequence in IMAX looked great, and it seems like most of the big movies now are trying to do something. Some sort of deal with IMAX. So. Right. But that would be pretty interesting if episode nine ends up being potentially the whole film in a larger format, maybe. Oh, my God. 
which actually, I mean, they haven't said anything about Rogue One because I thought Rogue One being shot digital was shot on higher res digital than a lot of movies in the past that they could potentially have an, a full IMAX cut of that. But yeah. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. No. Nobody's talked about anything like that. Like the tickets or anything. It's still a mystery. It comes out like in four weeks, but <laughs> yeah. we don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it comes out in four weeks. Yeah. Maybe those the tickets will be in chocolate bars or something. <laughs> Old man Slugworth is keeping that chocolate bar from you. <laughs> May I introduce myself? Asa Slugworth, president of Slugworth Chocolates Incorporated. Now listen carefully because I'm going to make you very rich indeed. Hopefully I'll find a Rogue One ticket before the movie comes out. <laughs> I'll be dancing through the streets. I got a Rogue One ticket. Because I've, I've got, got a golden, golden ticket. ticket. I've got a golden chance to make my way. And with a golden ticket, it's a golden day. And I thought it was interesting when that came out, when this news came out that a lot of people were saying... Well, the end of the sequel trilogy is going out with a bang. They're going to, you know, film it in super big. And, like, no one's ever said that it was going to be a trilogy, right? We talked about this before. It's, it's not Yeah, I don't think anything official, right? Everyone just calls it the sequel trilogy. But, yeah, they haven't. there's been no official announcement of that, I don't think. I, yeah, I when I read that, I was just like, yeah, I don't think it's ever been called a, the, the, the Ray... Kylo Ren, Finn, Poe, BB-8 saga is a trilogy. I think it's it's going to go well beyond that. Yeah, until they're replaced with robot parts. <laughs> In real life, the real life robot parts will catch up to the Star Wars robot parts by then. Look, sir, droids. Sir, it will take quite a while to evacuate the T-47s. So there was... A lot of Rogue One stuff happening this week. Wasn't almost all of it on Friday? Like it was like Rogue Friday again, where there was just trailer after trailer after TV spot after TV spot. Rogue onslaught, yeah, yeah, nonstop. So let's let's run through all of them. Let's go through all this Rogue One stuff. Uh, let's let's start with the TV spots. Okay. So the first TV spot we'll look at, um, I think they were calling it Hope, and it's like yeah, I think the first one that came out was called Hope, which I think is the third, officially the third TV spot. Okay, so let's let's check it out and let's see what what's new in this one. The Empire's building a weapon capable of destroying an entire planet. We have to capture the plans if there's any hope of destroying it. How many do I need? Make ten men feel like a hundred. Welcome to Rogue One. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. What about Chirrut dodging a freaking blaster bolt? Chirrut dodges a blaster bolt. Yeah. Yes. I'm still standing by that the guy has got the force. He's not... Oh, yeah. I'm still standing by that. I'll keep standing by it, even if it's not in the movie. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to make up my own cheer it backstory. I fear nothing. All 
battle is as the force wills it. Cheering for cheer it. <laughs> I'm a cheer it cheerleader. I'm going to go see Rogue One with pom-poms and like a varsity coat with Donnie Yen's face on it. You could make a sta- take a staff and put pom-poms on the end of the staff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a- everybody I know and do a triangle, a human triangle in the lobby of the theater. Yeah. It's going to be great. We're not going to hurt ourselves at all. Ah! So also in this Hope trailer, there's that shot of like one billion TIE fighters. Yeah, there's that new space station whatever thing, and it's just like vomiting TIE fighters out of it. <laughs> Which is cool because, I mean, we've seen the shot of a, a couple TIE fighters like just flying around the Death Star, but this is our first like... Oh, boy. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing, like, how ILM is lighting these effect shots where they literally, they look like the models, you know? Yeah. But even better, because it's like the models, but better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what what actually was impossible in the 70s and 80s when they were making the original trilogy. I was just going to say they're showing all these ties, but they, we still haven't seen a tie striker. In, no. in any of the footage yet so we right. still got that to look forward to <laughs> maybe they won't be in the movie at all maybe yeah. the maybe the tie striker is the uh the constable zuvio of the, the film zuvio squadron yeah <laughs> Like and again, this could be something that's in one of the other trailers. I just didn't catch, but when they're like doing the quick cuts of all the crew, and they get to Jin, and she just whips her hair around, <laughs> she, she just looks really awesome. Yeah, I think I've watched that uh, over and over again about ten times here. Her <laughs> just whipping her hair. It's like what? What? Somebody just showed up with pizza. I rebel unless there's pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm cool. Rebellions are built on pizza. (laughs) Then we got the other Rogue One TV spot. Yeah. And this has even more different stuff. So let's check that one out. They call it the Death Star. We need to find a way to defeat it. Cargo shuttle, what's your call sign? It's Rogue. Rogue One. You might want to strap in. Security measures disabled. Welcome to the Rebellion, soldiers. Rogue One. Well, this one right away got my attention with... Some sweet shots of X-Wing pilots gearing up, and you got the people with the tubes going in the bomb of the X-Wing, like, fueling it up or whatever that does. I don't know what that does, but it's always yeah. cool. And then this the shot that still is, I think, sticking to me, I think it's my favorite shot in all the stuff they've released, is the the stolen shuttle taking off from oh, yeah. Yavin base at night with yeah. the big red Yavin planet in the background. Which is fascinating, because you were saying, like, we always assumed... Like the whole like um, the call sign scene, that that was on a U wing, 
Yeah. And that was pretty much, I think, with all the stuff that came out this week, yes, they're letting in, letting us know that basically they stole a cargo shuttle. And that's the call. They need the call sign because they're trying to sneak into the base mm-hmm. with Bodie and his uh, his cargo, Empire, Imperial cargo clearance, probably, since he was a cargo freighter pilot before, right? Yeah. I th- if I remember right, that's his backstory. And also, it should be noted at the 14 second point in this trailer, we see a guy, a little alien dude that pretty sure that's who Warwick Davis is playing. But man, he looks really good. Yeah, he looks like a, he looks like a more pissed off Ugnaught. If that's even possible. <laughs> or like a, a child version of Bestand. <laughs> Like Papa Smurf without his hat on. Yeah. Like I keep looking at him, and it looks like he's got like gray hair around the sides, and like maybe like a beard. He's definitely got some fuzz because he's got fuzz coming off his arms too. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's just cool to see Warwick Davis get some action too, because all of his other cameos, he's kind of just been hanging out. <laughs> well, you know, Wald. Wald was pretty major. You are great. Yeah, well, he did get to be in the uh, in Sebulba's box during the pod race and bet some money. Yeah, he was really but, shocked hanging out with that uh, that droopy guy. But you know, that was like twenty years ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Force Awakens, he was we could barely tell it was him. Yeah, he just turned around. He, he thought that somebody came in with the pizza. Yeah! Uh, also, right after that part in this TV spot, you've got a really awesome K2SO moment. He gives the stormtrooper a big hug. <laughs> Straight but, up picks up a stormtrooper, throws him across the hall. K2SO's hands are huge. Oh, they are so huge. But I, I knew this was coming because I can't remember if I talked about this on the show or not, how the, the big Lego K2SO has a button on his back. It makes him punch. No, I didn't know that. So after uh, Rogue Friday and I put him together, I was like, oh man, he's going to probably be punching stormtroopers. Mm. And sure enough, in this scene, I don't know if he punches anybody, but he's definitely tossing them around. Man. Security measures disabled. And this trailer also had even more sweet Donnie Yen action. Yeah. I was going to say, there was a lot of Donnie Yen news this week, too, with interviews with him talking about how much input he had on his character, and it was his idea to make Jarrett blind, and it was his idea to, to have him use a staff. Mm-hmm. Donnie Yen knows his stuff. When Donnie Yen talks, you listen. That's what I say. Yeah, he's been doing this a while. Yeah. If Donnie Yen called me up and said, you got to go rob a bank, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know more about this than I do, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so also, this trailer had an amazing shot of I think like our one of our first action shots on screen of uh, Bastan shooting out the window. Yeah, which is the scene we saw in the sizzle reel of them filming it. Right. But have they even shown Bastan in any of the footage? Even not firing. I don't think he's been in any of the footage yet. Isn't he in the rebel briefing room? Uh, I don't remember. I guess I'll look for him when we watch the uh, 
international trailers, but I thought we've seen Pow in the in some of the shots, but man, maybe he was in the background. Yeah. It's a thing. It's so many of these trailers have again still I feel like we're only still getting we're getting more moments of the collection of scenes we keep seeing. We we haven't seen in a lot of these trailers anything. It's like, whoa, what's going on there? I didn't know anything about that, you know? Yeah. So let's jump over to the trailer from South Korea. Jin, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. Starts out pretty similar. Yeah, I have to say though that opening shot, which has been the opening shot in so many of the trailers now, with Krennic's shuttle flying over the shore, yeah, is still. I never get tired of that. No, and especially like going to see Doctor Strange and seeing it on the big screen in like IMAX 3D. It's just it looks freaking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny how much these scenes are potentially just a few little flashbacks, but I'm like almost. As looking forward to them as anything else in the movie because it just looks so cool. Like even that in this one, the next shot of little Jin running from Krennic shuttle. Yeah, yeah, this looks so cool. <laughs> this movie's gonna be so cool. Yeah, I might see it more than once. <laughs> we have intercepted a coded Imperial transmission. It indicates that a major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. So why me? The message was sent by your father. They call it the Death Star. It's capable of destroying an entire planet. It could be the end of us all. There's a way to defeat it. You need to capture the plans. Now, this is in the other preview, uh, the Japanese one, but there is that unbelievable shot of the Death Star up in space shooting its laser down into what looks like probably Jetta. Yeah. Man. Which is pretty great. Yeah, it's like we speculated that something like that was going to happen, but I'm kind of surprised that they're they're letting us know. There's mm. no mystery. Like, why? <laughs> the planet <laughs> looks like it's falling apart. Oh, man. That's an unbelievable shot. Yeah, a, that whole sequence is probably going to be pretty darn cool. It's a mind warper. You know, it's really neat, too, to, to see the... Uh, the buttons again too, oh, like the dust buttons. Yeah, the dust are firing buttons. Yeah, yeah. The Man, I hope it's got the. <laughs> it is a side story for you listeners out there. So there was a time in the uh, in the mid '90s when Gabe and I lived with each other in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we had the genius idea. Of <laughs> with with the with the the Death Star laser that sound we turned up the bass as loud as it could go. Do you remember that? Yeah. And literally everything in our apartment was shaking. Yeah. Now we had a young couple that lived underneath us, 
<laughs> I believe they were home when we were testing out how loud can we get the bass on yeah. the Death Star control laser. It was kind of like, you know, the Empire testing out the Death Star. We had to test out our subwoofer Death Star. <laughs> I want to say, didn't we know someone that had a bass cannon speaker? We might, yeah, we may have been borrowing a, a speaker just to make it even bassier. <laughs> I just remember we kept watching it too. With we watched A New Hope with the bass turned up as loud as it can go, and I remember the Death Star tractor beam. You couldn't hear the dialogue. Like, why are we still moving towards it? You couldn't hear that because the our bass. We watched A New Hope with the bass turned up to a ridiculous yeah. level. So I don't, and that the Death Star laser bass drop is like that's my favorite star wars sound effect of all the movies i don't know what I, what it is or whatever we could listen to that all day and have <laughs> you should have that as you will again when you get like a text message on your phone that should be i'm sure there's a way you can do that right oh yeah probably i'd have to hook a subwoofer up to my phone <laughs> but that might be worth it just keep one in a backpack Okay, to answer our question, is Bistan in the Rebel Briefing Room? Uh, the answer is yes. He is right behind Mon Mothma. You're right. We talked about that. He likes how she smells. Yes. But it's worth talking about again that Bistan likes the way Mon Mothma smells. He wants to be close yes. to uh, close to leadership. Yeah. She smells like clean sheets. Because <laughs> that's actually what she's wearing. Right. She's like, hey, 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 uh, hey, Mon. Hey, Mon. There's a rebel briefing room in five minutes. You got to wake up. I'll just throw on these bed sheets. No one will know the difference. Yeah, I'll put a necklace over the bed sheets. <laughs> and she had stuck with it for the next 30 years. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Oh, yeah. So this one has Cheer It. Saying to uh, bees, you almost shot me. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope they they have more dialogue than everybody else in the movie. Oh, I hope so too. And maybe instead of the crawl, it's just bees and cheer it alternating and like reading paragraphs of backstory. <laughs> All the Jedi died. I can never get tired. Can I just say I can never get tired of that shot? And it's in the one that's um. It's in theaters now of that kind of close up of the Death Star and like the three TIE fighters just flying into it. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that one is always just like, oh, my God. And I don't know. I'm going to say it right now. I think Vader looks great. Yeah, he looks good. He looks like a new Hope Vader. Yeah. There is, like, if you freeze frame that one angle, his neck looks weird. But that's just because that's how the helmet looked. Yeah. Well, I I like that they recreated 77 Vader, goofiness and all. Yeah, red lenses. Mm-hmm. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? What have you done with those plans? We intercepted those transmissions. Uh, uh, this is a consular ship. We're on a diplomatic mission. If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? <laughs> 
Commander, tear this ship apart until you found those plans and bring me the passengers. I want them alive. So yeah, this one, international trailer, the, the Korean trailer, has a lot more space shots. And like when if you freeze frame like that first space shot where the guy starts to do his dive bomb, you look mm-hmm. to the right, there's the the rebel medical frigate. Yep, the freak my Medical frigates there. There's a bunch of blockade runner ships. Yeah. So like, what? And there's like a. It looks like a Mon Calamari ship that we haven't seen before. Yeah, something crazy back there too. Well, what if it's, one of those Corellian ships, one of those Corellian Corellian corvettes, Corellian cruisers? What if those is one of those is Leia's ship? Man, it could be. It very well, could be. You know, and like, what if that's where the um, the transmissions are beamed to, and it takes. Oh man! And she's basically heads right from here, right to Tatooine. Yeah, and a star destroyer just follows her right from that battle. I don't know. That's the first thing I thought, because if if that battle's taking place above Scarif, then you know it could be a straight shot just to beam the transmissions up there. But yeah, the space stuff in this preview that's gonna kill us yeah because it i mean it, it already and what little we've seen i think looks better than the space stuff in force awakens i mean usually i mean it just looks better i don't know there's just so much going on it's like right above a planet which is awesome mm-hmm. it's just kind of neat with this movie coming right before right after revenge of the sith it's kind of Similar to the beginning of Revenge of the Sith style space combat. Yeah, it's true. Like in the big, uh, the big awesome opening. Yeah, where they're basically they're almost in atmosphere. They're just right above a planet. They have no idea we're coming. Make ten men feel like a hundred. They'll take the next chance and the next until we win. The chances are spent. And then we have the the Japanese trailer. Yeah, which is the, like the one that started it all on Friday. I think this was the first one that came out. Yeah. Kind of punched everyone in the gut. Yeah. Threw hot coffee in your face. Yeah. Kicked you down the stairs. Called you a dirty name. Because <laughs> we know the international trailers are always the best. Yeah. As soon as, like, I think I was, like, in the bathroom, and I was just like, Facebook. And, you know, it was just, like, new Rogue One international trailer. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> Good thing I'm sitting down. Yeah. So this one right away. You know, you know it's playing for keeps because you got Jin Erso's mom. Yeah. Given Jin, and we're going to talk about this more later, but given Jin a necklace with a crystal on it, and she's saying, "Just the Force." So what's up with that? Seeing Jin's mom, who we've heard about, but weren't really sure in what capacity we would even see her in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, there she is with a. Jedi crystal necklace. If my father built him, we need to find him. If the Empire... 
Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? Rebellions are built on hope. I want to help. We'll need a team. She wants to fight. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. I mean, I don't know. Like, we were texting each other the day when when these trailers came out, and I think I think I can, I, I can't decide like the Japanese and the Korean one, but I think these are I think these are the best ones yet. I think these both of those trailers, especially I think the the Japan one with the necklace, I think is a better trailer than the one that's playing in theaters right now. Oh, I would agree. I think it's a, it was the same with uh, Force Wagons. I think is the. It's almost like they have a whatever deadline they have to get the American one out. Then when they do the international ones, they have like another week or two. Yeah. And they like find some other cool shots or, you know, they do something to make it cooler. So our friend Dave Hackerson, who's in Japan, fan of the show, translated some of the the Japanese subtitles in the trailer. And some of them are different than what we're hearing on screen, which is interesting. So when they say they call it the Death Star, we need to capture the plans. The, it, the, the, the subtitle reads, we need to capture the plans of the ultimate weapon Death Star. Pretty close. When, yeah. it, when they say, uh, my father built it, we need to find him. I will bring the truth of my father to light, is what the subtitle says. Now, this one is really interesting. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? The subtitle reads, our only course of action is to surrender. Yeah, a little bit different. (laughs) The power that we are dealing with is immeasurable. We'll follow your lead. I'm not used to people sticking around when things go bad. Take hold of this moment. The force is strong. We'll take the next chance. And the next. Until we win, all the chances are spent. Yeah, that crystal stuff was like, I didn't think there was going to be, like we'd heard rumors about there being potentially the Kyber crystals as part of the plot. Right. Um, or at least as part of the, you know, the stuff that the Empire is doing with the Death Star or whatever. But I don't know that anyone thought Jin would have a necklace with one on it. No. That she got from her mom. Right. Is This uh, this is our first on-screen, non-animated crystal in a Star Wars movie related to the Force. Yeah, because even including the deleted scene from Return of the Jedi of Luke building his saber... He's the saber's already put together when we see it in that. Yeah, he's just like screwdriver in it. And in the prequels, we never really got a scene of anyone assembling a lightsaber. I mean, I guess we saw Anakin's get cut in half. Yeah. So maybe there's a glimpse of there's like sparks and stuff coming out of it. You know, of a piece of crystal. And in but on yeah, this is really the first live action on screen example of the lightsaber crystals. In crystals, the the whole issue of the the kyber crystals in the lightsaber, it existed like in um, in EU form and stuff, but it really started to come in. They started to talk about it more often in Clone Wars, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think in the 
2D animated one in the second season if they got into the crystals at all. Yeah, well, there was the whole thing with um, Barra Sophie and uh, Luminara in the cave. Oh, right, yeah, they were in the yeah they the were ca- in on Ilum, right? Yeah, and they were um, yeah the Chris the the yeah, there was the whole speech the crystal is the life and the life is the saber and all that stuff. The crystal is the heart of the blade. The heart is the crystal of the Jedi. The Jedi is the crystal of the Force. The Force is the blade of the heart. All are intertwined. The crystal, the blade, the Jedi. You are one. You have taught me well, Master Luminara. Remember always. The crystal is the heart of the blade. Varys Ophi, your training is complete. Right, so that was probably, that was the first animated representation of that whole thing. Which, right, we, we talked about that, that that was one of the 2D episodes that kind of carried over almost exactly into a reimagining in the 3D show. I think and then there, was a, there was a whole thing with uh, Cad Bane, with like the the memory crystal that had to go into there was a kyber crystal that was part of a holocron but then it really got hardcore in the the gathering yeah season 5 episode 6 okay so what's going on in the gathering it, i think it makes sense it's that in the later seasons too cuz that was when clone wars started to get more and more into the the mystical side i think yeah um but basically yeah the gathering is ahsoka who's still a padawan but I guess she's like the younglings are under Padawan. So Ahsoka takes a group of younglings to Ilum to get their lightsaber crystals. And then they get there, they meet Yoda, who's been waiting. Just chilling out. Chilling out. But yeah, basically the kids go in and uh, they have to find their crystals and, of course, learn a lesson uh, about themselves in mm-hmm. order to find the crystal. Mm-hmm. And the younglings in this episode are the, are so cool that they basically picked everyone's favorite aliens <laughs> the hammerhead and the the road the rodian and uh the the, the wookie what's the wookie what's the wookie jedi's name gunji oh gunji yeah the wookie ahsoka needs our help and we're sitting around like children we are children i vote we mount a rescue mission <laughs> gunji is with me biff that's three votes for and one against. But that that really was the first time in now like canon Star Wars that they were openly talking about, yeah, the lightsaber is powered by a crystal and you got to go out and find these crystals and it's something that it's a ritual every Jedi does and they're super rare, they're not easy to find. Yeah. And this, I think, was the beginning of something that's kind of been clarified more over the last few years, too, of the crystals being neutral in color when they're when you find them. Mm -hmm. And then as you, you know, turn them into a lightsabers when they decide what color they're going to be, because it wasn't like the kids were finding green and blue crystals. They were all just kind of clear crystal color. Well, you know, that makes sense, because, you know, then you'd have people fighting. You know, I want the green one. I was really hoping I'd find a yellow one, you know. But things 
get really crazy with kyber crystals in the unfinished Clone Wars episodes, Crystal Crisis on Utapau. Yeah. I knew these were out here, and for whatever reason, I never got around to watching this. So yeah. I'm glad you made me watch these. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. They're great. They're super good. But, it, man, it kind of makes me sad because it's like, if I don't think about Clone Wars, I forget how good Clone Wars was. I'm going back, <laughs> even watch this in, in animatic form. This episode, these episodes would have been incredible. Yeah, if they finished them. I mean, it's it speaks to the how good that show was that you can watch because so these are on they're on StarWars.com and they're on they're on YouTube too. But it's if you're not familiar, you've never watched them. They're basically the rough animatic version of these Clone Wars episodes, but all the dialogue is finished. Music is finished. Sound effects are in. I feel like some sound effects were like temp sound effects, but yeah, I think some of the music's temp too, but you can watch it. No problem. And you have, you, you had no time watching it. Do you not know what's going on? And they're, they're really good. It's heartbreaking. (laughs) I feel like you could even (laughs) just listen to these episodes as like an awesome Clone Wars radio drama and then like yeah. when i was watching it i was almost thinking man that would be so awesome if they did you know like on itunes like a clone wars radio drama i was thinking the exact same thing that why don't they yeah why aren't they doing an audio drama if anything to either finish out the stories they wanted to do because mm-hmm. i think that makes even more sense than doing the comic book stuff or to just even do more stories in that time frame because everybody likes i mean all the actors from Clone Wars, everybody likes so much. And yeah, I could just listen to this weekly Clone Wars audio drama would be incredible. Oh, that'd be the best. There's four episodes. There's A Death on Utapau, In Search of the Crystal, uh, Crystal Crisis, and then the last one is called The Big Bang. And Gabe, what's what's the basics? What's going on in these episodes? It starts out um, with uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin going to Utapau from Revenge of the Sith. So I think this kind of ties into where they were gradually working Clone Wars into syncing up with the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. But they land on... Utapau appears a Jedi was killed, and they have to uh, be Jedi detectives kind of to figure out what happened, uh, which I really enjoyed. I like all the Jedis as detective kind of story stuff yeah. that they do from time to time. So, yeah, basically they find uh, the dead Jedi, they find where she was killed, and they basically realize that it had something to do with Magna Guards, and they're like, why is General Grievous going to be here? And then just to make it crazier, right? It's like, okay, we're on Utapau. Awesome. Grievous is going to be there. Awesome. Oh, and by the way, a man and men live there too. (laughs) (laughs) I almost fell out of my chair. And they're headhunters. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, we missed out on a man and men. Yeah. Just tribes and tribes of a man and men. What do they call them? A man? Do they call them a manning? I think so, yeah. And there's a little guy named, uh, what, Endente and James Hong. Who uh, who was Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah. That plays Endente, and he's pretty much playing him as uh, Lopan through the yeah. whole thing. Hello, I am Obi Wan Kenobi, and this is Anakin Skywalker. Who may I ask are you? My name is not important. 
Well, it's just normally it helps add a certain decorum to business transactions. <laughs> I hear the Republic is interested in buying the crystal. Crystal? <clears throat> yes, we are most definitely interested in buying the crystal. Oh, crystal. <laughs> I thought you said missile. No, he definitely said crystal, and that's why we're here to purchase the crystal. Hmm. Are there any more Jedi here? On Utapau? No, just the two of us. The Republic trusts us to make the deal. However, we are in constant contact with the Council. Hmm. You have created a problem for me. I, I have already promised the crystal to General Grievous. <laughs> oh, I assure you, there's no problem. We'll pay twice what Grievous is offering. Huh? Show me the money. So basically, they find out that Grievous is there because on. Utapau, they're holding on to a gigantic kyber crystal. Yes. Like huge it's kyber huge. crystal. Yeah. Massive. And basically what this episode comes down to is that if the crystal gets shot with like a blaster bolt or something, it shoots it out again in like a million directions. And more powerful. It's like they realize that the kyber crystals, which makes sense because I think that's what they do in lightsabers is it, it amplifies the energy that goes into it. Yeah, the, the, the quote in the episode is it refracts energy and intensifies the charge. If the Separatists are after the big kyber crystal, you got to assume that this is for the Death Star because the Death Star at this time, we're still, we're getting close to episode three, but the Death Star has begun construction out there. The Death Star was always Darth Sidious' plan, not Emperor well, not Chancellor Palpatine. Right. Plan, right. So right. it was, yeah, you're right. It was probably already in motion. So, and I know probably a lot of this will become clear in Catalyst once we read that. If Galen Erso's wife has a little bit of a kyber crystal on a necklace and she's talking about the Force, then, I mean, it just begs the question, then who is Galen and who is Mrs. Or so. Watching these episodes and realizing, I mean, this is kind of with Saw, like the story, the backstory was there in Clone Wars to kind of setting up what the Kyber Crystals were, are and potentially that they were, had something to do with the Death Star. And then hearing about Catalyst basically starting, flashing back to during the Clone Wars time, that maybe a lot of this, yeah, kind of has been around for a while as far as this whole backstory. Right. The Erso characters potentially her mom and dad, maybe they would have been on Clone Wars at some point. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing, that this scientist who was working with the Kyber Crystal for the Separatists, what eventually became the Empire, yeah, you'd think this would have to be a, a character that would be acknowledged in Clone Wars, probably. But you get the sense in Crystal Crisis episodes that no one knows what to do with this Kyber Crystal. Like, its energy is completely, no one knows how to control it yet. Right. But it is something that Yoda says at the very end that this was something, apparently, that it had been used in the past. Yeah. That so, back in the 
the olden days with the big Jedi Sith war that there were weapons that harnessed the power of giant kyber crystals. Yes, which is which fascinating. Yeah. It is unfortunate that you were unable to capture the crystal. We may never know what plans Grievous had for it. Not Grievous. The work of the Sith Lord. This is better in the end that destroyed this crystal was. I've never seen nor heard of a kyber crystal like this one. Was the Council aware of their existence? Master Yoda? Out of the stories of old, this crystal comes. Long ago, in forgotten times, when the Sith and Jedi fought for control of the galaxy. Weapons there were of unimaginable power. Always at their heart, a kyber crystal was. Just like the one you described. You're speaking of children's stories. Fairy tales. In legends, we often find great truths, Skywalker. A warning this is. Powerful the Sith Lord has become. With great designs for our destruction. If find one of these crystals, he can. Another he will seek. Well, and also it goes like the the thing that made me think of is like George Lucas when he would plan out these stories. You know, the guy was so steeped in history, and what happened in the past in history happens again. And you know, like they built these weapons with kyber crystals, and here it is again with the Death Star, and something in the past was. The new hope back then, probably, to defeat these weapons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, and that's going to be the great thing at the end of Rogue One. There'll be, you know, they're saying the word hope and hope and hope and over and over and over again. Like, you'll know that there is that hope coming right around the corner. If if Yoda knows about these stories, then it's a good chance that Sidious knew about it as well. Oh yeah, which is why it's kind of this whole the wheels got set in motion here to to start finding these giant kyber crystals. And it's a very Sith thing, probably too, to not pay attention to history. Yeah, well, or it was the Sith had the weapon originally too, and he just wants to re. Go back to the glory days of the Sith. Right. Um, which might explain his obsession with Death Stars. Yeah, absolutely. Which would be fascinating, like, we've talked about this. If Filoni did, if he didn't go into the future, like, into the Galactic Civil War period, if he went into the, the far back history of Star Wars, and we did see an ancient Jedi Sith War with, you know, even if they brought back the Macquarie idea for Return of the Jedi with multiple Death Stars. Yeah. Like little mini Death Stars in space. Yeah. Shooting little mini lasers. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. And we shall
think that was my only nerdy nitpick with the with the crystal episodes was they kind of implied in Attack of the Clones with the Republic drop ships that they had mini Death Star guns on them. Oh yeah. Which maybe they that those did have Kyber crystals in them too, and it was just this is just, you know, the scale of it is something that they hadn't seen before. Could be. It's the new Star Wars lightsaber from Kenner. Inflation required. Batteries not included. You can pretend you have powers when you switch on Kenner's Star Wars lightsaber. Ready to feel the force? Switch on your Star Wars lightsabers. Close your eyes and go. I got it. Me too. Zach, you passed the test. The force is with you. The Star Wars lightsaber. New from Kenner. Balloons not included. Oh yeah, so yeah, so one more thing with the gathering we forgot to talk about, right? Yeah, which is like <laughs> kind of mind blowing in a way. Yeah, they go into the beginning when they where Yoda is at the the main room of the temple on Ilum, and sure enough, there are the same statues from Jeddah. Mm-hmm. Just they're huge, just not as huge as the Jeddah one, but the Jedi statues are there, almost exactly the same, with the lightsaber yeah. out in front and everything. So, which makes me think, at some point, Jedi was like Ilum, maybe, and was a what, there was a temple where Jedi would go to get crystals. It also made me think in um, at the end of Life Debt. There's a part where uh, Palpatine has a digging crew on Jakku, and he's saying that this planet was important and will be important again. And it's like, well, was Jakku once the home of? A Jedi temple, or there is is Palpatine digging up more crystals? Oh yeah, that could be. Does Jakku have something to do with all this too? I don't know. Because then also it made me think. Well, sure, there was the Galen Erso got a big lightsaber crystal for Death Star One, but what about the what about the the super laser for Death Star Two and Return of the Jedi? Yeah, because that one's even bigger. Yeah, so. so they ha- they had to have a pretty good uh, supply from somewhere. That thing's operational. If you you know if you go back and watch the gathering, you can't just watch the gathering because it's part of a, a four part uh, arc. Which that kind of goes with the crystal thing too. Is like, man, I miss those. Uh, at that point where Clone Wars, basically every episode was, four, was a four-parter. Right, yeah. Um, I kind of missed that. I didn't think about it until after we did the Ewok challenge that I wonder how much the Ewoks cartoon influenced, uh, I think it's the third third episode, second or third episode, where uh, the Jedi kids joined the circus <laughs> to sneak in and rescue Ahsoka from the pirates because it's pretty much the same as the Ewoks episode <laughs> with the Jindas. yeah. They should have just brought the Jindas in, you know. Why not? So I don't. Have you seen? Because like in any of the like uh, Clone Wars recaps or anything, did they ever hint that 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 was directly influenced by the Ewok stuff? Not that I know of. But uh, if any of our listeners remember, get out your Clone Wars Blu-ray box sets and let us know if they mentioned the Jindas. For the part where the the Jedi uh, the Jedi younglings join the circus, yeah. If Dave Filoni mentions Jindas, then we need to get him on blast points ASAP. Yep. 
We don't we don't need to talk about rebels. We got to talk about Jindas. <laughs> don't worry. We don't want to talk about any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk about drop the sack. Yeah. These, are you dropping the sack, when, when Dave? You, when you guys are working on Clone Wars, how many times did you drop the sack? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would say, I mean, as much of Catalyst is a lead-in to Rogue One, I, I'm i really interested to read Catalyst and how much perhaps these episodes tie into Catalyst, too. Yeah, yeah, and maybe we'll find out later on after Catalyst is out that some of that stuff is, I mean, I don't see how it wouldn't make, I think they've had this kind of roadmap of getting from Revenge of the Sith to New Hope floating around for a while right i gotta think a lot of the stuff is just being pulled from that right yeah so go watch those episodes seriously if you never have they're out there yeah yeah they're worth your time they might make you sad but they'll make you happy too So Gabe, we got some uh, we got some listener questions here that have been sent to us over the last couple weeks. Okay, and we'll go through them. We'll go through them pretty quick here. We got from our our good friend Ian. Uh, do you think that may maybe just maybe R two D two will be in Rogue One? I kind of feel like he will. I think we've talked about this before. Like I feel like there it would be a waste to not at least just. Like, I don't think he would show up and it's like, oh, it's R2-D2-like. But I can see them having R2 and 3PO in the background just to mess with people. Yeah, I think it all depends on whatever happens when the transmissions are beamed, like we were talking about earlier. If they show the inside of Leia's ship. And it would make more sense for the transmissions to be, like, for R2 to get that message than for them to you know, make a, a digital young Carrie Fisher at that moment. I think just seeing R2 and 3PO in the ship getting the message would m- cause enough cheers in the audience, I think. Yeah. We'll see. No, and that's that seems like, yeah, that's a good way to do it. But there's no reason, too, they couldn't be on Yavin base just wandering around. True. Well, they should be on Captain Antilles' ship. But who's to say he's not coming out of Yavin base. That's true. I mean, they're with Bale and Rebels. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Could, so. Could be. I thought Captain, Captain Antilles is just the pilot of Bale's ship, isn't he? Yeah. So, if Jimmy Smith is there. Yeah. True. R2 and CPO could be there. True. True. My wife and I will take the girl. We've always talked of adopting a baby girl. She will be loved with us. All right, this next question is from Steve, and Steve writes, What role will Chewie have in the Han Solo film? What can it add to his character? I guess I still feel like, I think we've talked about this before as well, that I wonder that uh, if they'll set Chewie up to kind of be the responsible one in the relationship and more 
of, you know, Han being kind of a, a troublemaker or getting into <laughs> always making trouble for himself and Chewie getting him out of it, mm-hmm. which kind of happens in A New Hope. Like, it's I'm pretty sure Chewie's the one that talked him into coming back to save Luke. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Jason? I, I think Chewie, yeah, I agree with you completely. I think Chewbacca is Han Solo's, like, moral compass. He keeps the guy in line, and I think the Han we're going to be seeing in the Han Solo spinoff movie is just going to be a, a more a more extremely version of the Han that's in A New Hope, you know? Like, yeah. he's going to be really cocky and really brash, probably, and really in over his head. And I think Chewie might be the one, as he always is, kind of talking sense to the guy a little bit. Yeah. Well, considering Chewie's got a hundred years on Han too, at least. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a little more wisdom. What are you going to do? Same thing I always do. Talk my way out of it. Yes, I do. Every time. So the next one, next question is from Darren, superfan Darren Smith. And he says, where do you see Rogue One ending? Will there be any alternate angle shots? Which we kind of talked about in the, in the earlier question, but... Where does Rogue One end? Honestly, I have no clue. Yeah, because that's the that's the real mystery for people is how close to the beginning of New Hope does it go? Right. Does it go right up to the beginning, or which would be crazy because it kind of puts it. And we've talked about this. It's the Episode Seven, Episode Eight thing where we have now would have two pairs of Star Wars movies that immediately go into the next one. Right. But I don't know. I like your idea of it just ending on R two getting the plans. Yeah. Or, you know, like we were saying, too, if or Leia's ship zooming off and a Star Destroyer chasing off after it and credit, roll credits, you know, and then you go, you put yeah. in episode four and boom. Yeah, because I think, I don't know if people have been talking about this. It's like there's all the talk about is it going to have the crawl or not? But on the flip side, is it like, is it going to end with just music in a in a shot of, you know, the heroes going off into the distance or something like how close is the ending going to stick to the star Wars structure? Very true. Will it have an ending without dialogue like all star Wars films do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll find out very soon. Last question is from Mitch Harper, and he says, "What is the likelihood that a teaser for Episode Eight will run in front of Rogue One?" Man, I don't know. It's because we're in an unprecedented timeline here, where we're now in a Star Wars movie a year um, mode. So it would make sense to have something for Eight, but it's very un-Star Wars to do that. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised either which way. Like. Someone was saying, and it's very true, like, in the old days, like, it used to be, you know, you'd go see a movie, like, a big summer movie, and you'd be like, oh, man, I'm going to get all the good trailers at this one. And now it's like, that doesn't even matter. Like, what matters is, like, putting it up on YouTube. Yeah. So I could see it as almost like a a celebration of, like, I know you're pumped about Rogue One, but don't forget this is coming too, you know, or... But then I could also see them holding on to it and at Celebration Orlando in April, once Rogue One's out on home video, then starting the train for Episode 8. But Episode 8, 
I, I, you know, as as excited as I am for row one, I feel like people are going to be more hyped for eight. Yeah. Well, at least now they are because they haven't seen Rogue One yet, and no one's seen a a Star Wars story in any form yet. So right, it's hard to gauge. But I don't know. I could almost see them too. I know they said they weren't going to do in the past. They said they weren't going to do the Marvel thing. But I could see with a Star Wars story, movies being different than the episode movies. That why not put a quick tease for eight and after the credits? Yeah. Because yeah, I can totally see them. Why would they wouldn't have a trailer before the film that wasn't online first? Mm-hmm. And why would they release a trailer online for the movie? They want everyone to be hyped for Rogue One, not thinking about Episode Eight. Yeah. But if it's something you can only see if you go to the theater, you know, like the end credits things in the Marvel films, see that you know. Remember when get people hyped Captain America. The first Captain America came out, and at the end of the credits, you got a really, really tiny teaser for the first Avengers, where it yeah. showed, showed you almost nothing. Yep, just shots of the characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. that would be cool. I would be happy with that. If the Rogue One credits end, and it just fades up from black, and we see Luke's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then an explosion. He starts to open his mouth. Ah, and then, yeah. <laughs> episode eight. That's all everybody wants. Yeah. To zoom in on his hair again. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, if they were, man, if Lucas, Lucasfilms was smart, yeah, they would just have a mid credit scene and it's just Zuvio. <laughs> like, I'm hey, back. I'm back. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah, Zuvio and Jar Jar drinking tea. <laughs> Excuse me. See you next year. Yeah. We'll be back. (laughs) Zuvio out. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. So thank you for those questions. We love, yeah. Keep sending us questions. We love doing that. Yeah. Um, you can you can send them to us on uh, on our Facebook page or on our Twitter. You could even send them to us on Instagram. Figure that out. I don't know how. Send us a photo of your question. Or write it down on a piece of paper and tag us or something. Uh. Also, you should uh, if you liked this episode or if you. Liked past episodes of Blast Points, you should go on iTunes and leave us a uh, five-star review on there. And if you do, we'll read that on an upcoming show, which we love doing, too. We don't have any new reviews this week, but hopefully next week we do. Which next week, watch out. It's going to be wild. It's our 50th episode. What are we going to do? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it'll be our last episode. You're uh, going to want to tune in for that. we got some big plans uh, for Blast Points number 50. It's going to be a Star Wars party. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's about it for um, number 49 here. Right? We got anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. May the Force be with you.
Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you.